0: you are listening to the lit and lucid podcast brought to you by steve's goods and yoohoo brand here's your host lucy and jared
1: Welcome everybody to another episode of the Lit & Lucid podcast. We are here recording with Shara Gibson. She is the founder and CEO of Ventures. What they do is they are a cannabis business incubator to help residents start and grow a legal cannabis business. She is also the owner of Local Meditations, a CBD shop in Georgetown, where they specialize in selling 100% small business products. Uh, so we're gonna learn a little bit more today about Ventures and how they're helping out small businesses. And I also know that Shara and her partner, Tanya Duckett, are also um, taking a lead on various legislation issues in the district right now, offering the voice for small businesses as they move forward in the conversation about the Safe Cannabis Sales Act, which has to do with outlining the regulations for the sales and purchases of marijuana in D.C. So we're excited to learn a little bit more about, you know, the activism that you guys are offering in D.C., as well as more about Ventures and local
2: meditations. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. I think this will be our, our second guest from DC back to back. We had Joe last week and, and now we have a share on this week and really pounding that East Coast, really trying to drive the word home over there on, on the east side and I think the uh, I think the time is right on the East Coast. So we're excited to kind of dive in and, and let our listeners learn more about what's happening in, in your local area and also more of what you guys have have done so far and, and kind of what's in store for the future.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um you know, being here in D.C., we're such a—we're our own culture and our own little ecosystem because we have been operating without regulations for so long. So the cannabis culture here is very rich, and, um, you know, a lot of us are ready for legalization. So happy to share, you know, the stories and the activism and the business that's going on here in DC.
1: Cool. Well, let's get started. Um, so kind of explain to us maybe how you got in the cannabis industry. I don't know what came first, Local Meditations or Cannaventures, but if you want to just give us a little background.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Cannaventures, I founded in 2016. And to be honest, you know, I've always thought of myself as like a recreational user. You know, I've been using cannabis really, um, I started in college. And I was just smoking like everybody else, just getting high. But when I realized it was helping me get my homework done and I was getting my papers done and getting the on time, it helped me be focused. So that's when I realized that, um, you know, cannabis was really something that can be beneficial if you know, you know, what you're smoking, if you know more about the plant and, don't, and look at it more as just, hey, guys, we're getting high. So um, how I turned it into a business Just because I love cannabis so much, I was like, how do I make money off of this, you know? So I started researching and going to different community groups, um, going to the D.C. chapter of normal, um, and just started meeting people here in the D.C. market. And a lot of people that I was meeting, you know, were giving me good ideas, but my background is really in business development and training entrepreneurs. So I use those skill sets, and I just moved it into the cannabis industry by, you know, hosting educational workshops for entrepreneurs. How to can people get their business plan? How to get how to know more about the cannabis industry? You know, I just have a love for sharing information and making sure that people have all of the resources so they can start and grow a business. So that's kind of how I got into it, just because I love smoking, and then it turned into you know, a full-time business opportunity for me.
1: That's awesome. And that's very needed in the industry, you know, to help entrepreneurs, you know, work through all these challenges with starting a new business. So that's definitely very beneficial.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I always say, you know, a lot of people, money, of course, is the biggest barrier to starting a business. But I also believe that, access to information or the lack of access to information is a bigger barrier for people to starting businesses because they don't know how to get a business license. You know, some people don't know how to structure a marketing plan. What is a brand? So even though we're in a brand new, fast-moving industry, those business principles remain the same. So um, yeah, it's definitely needed.
0: Yeah, and I love that you're highlighting that as well because... Because there's a lot of folks who've gotten in the industry and maybe they know you know specifics for the plants or how to extract it, how to cultivate it, but they aren't necessarily versed in, in the business environment. So, I think that's uh, primarily like where you guys fit in perfectly to the puzzle of helping people who may understand cannabis side but they don't understand business and regulation. So, uh, that's All pretty
2: right,
0: cool. Right. Nice. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, so, which one came first then after that? Was it the Can Adventures then as far as helping companies start up? Is that what kind of came first in, in the line of the entrepreneurism on your side?
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, doing Can Adventures, um, doing monthly networking events, workshops, consultations, and then as something else I was doing, um, I also had a retail store here in downtown where um, we feature nothing but local businesses. And um, so I took that concept and I applied it to the CBD market because being here in D.C., since we have home Grow, um people make so many different products. Um, it's crazy. I always feel like we probably have some of the best edible makers or some of the best um, just product makers because people just have been perfecting their skills in their home and testing the products themselves. So I was like, you know what, since there's so many people making their own stuff and they have a way to get it tested, why don't we have a retail concept where we focus on nothing but local and independent businesses with their CBD products? And it turned out to be a great model because, again, we're in a city where people are making stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just kind of grew from there.
1: That's awesome. And how is, like, the local community in Georgetown? Are they receptive to CBD or how is that?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) So a lot of people, surprisingly, they walk in already armed with information, even if it's something it. that they might have read in the newspaper, or they might already have their medical cannabis cards, but they want more of a CBD variety, more than what they're getting from the dispensary. So the neighbors have been awesome. Um, we love being in Georgetown. Um, so yes, they've been more receptive than I thought they would.
1: That's
0: awesome.
1: We're going to have to check it out next time we're in town.
0: Yeah, i want to go to yes, Georgetown. come
2: through,
1: come through.
0: Yeah. So now might be kind of a good time, and we're going to, I want to touch base back on cannabis just towards the end of the show when we do our entrepreneur sesh. But it might be a good uh, kind of moment now to transition into like the regulatory landscape in DC and what's kind of happening with, uh, with cannabis on the larger scale, of like what's allowed, where's recreational medical cannabis at. Um, and I understand you guys helped to, uh, to lobby the cannabis or the Congress on behalf of the cannabis industry, is that correct?
2: Yeah, so um, Tanya and I, we just kind of take it upon ourselves to go to Capitol Hill, go to D.C. Council, and meet with as many representatives as we can. Um, since we work so closely with small businesses, we have that insight to say, this is what's going on on the ground. So we just started on our own doing it, and you know, people started to notice. Um, you know, more people are coming and asking us questions. So it was just off of our own initiative to start being proactive and going to these um, meetings and these hearings. And, um, you know, more people should definitely check out going to a hearing. You might think it's boring and, you know, this is government, what do I have to do with this? But, you know, the power of being an American citizen and having a vote and having some sort of say, and what's going on in your community and in our country um, is, a, is a right that a lot of people don't have. So go and say whatever you feel like because you got to elect these people. You vote for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's rewarding in that people are listening. And whatever little change or whatever little influence we can have, it's, it's, it means a lot.
1: Absolutely and maybe can you explain to listeners um, the kind of the unique situation that DC is in with legalization um, In terms of like the dispensaries and things like
2: that Yeah, you come out here in DC. Yeah Yeah, okay, so um, With the landscape here in DC of course we have our legal medical marijuana um, market um, we have six dispensaries that are operational here in the city but also, um, you know, we gotta face the fact we also have a thriving gray market as well. And that is because, you know, we have something called Initiative Seventy One. And what Initiative Seventy One, it it's a voter referendum that says, Hey, we can have home growth, we can gift cannabis, um, we can consume it in our private residences. Um, you know, anyone over twenty one can have up to two ounces on them. We just cannot sell it and because of this some people have built businesses around this and in some cases it has become illegal businesses so um that's what the climate is here in dc um as far as you know how is it's going to change and the regulations so yes You mentioned the Safe Cannabis Sales Act that Mayor Bowser introduced a few weeks ago, which outlines the regulations for legal recreational sales. So it presents um, a gift and a challenge, a gift in that it provides a legal way for people participating in the great market to legitimize their business to move into a legal business structure, but then for those who are not ready to take advantage of that business opportunity, they kind of see it as a threat to our right to cannabis. So it's creating kind of like a push and pull effect. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point, people just have to be prepared for the business side of things it's all because she introduced this regulation. doesn't mean that you can't participate in the industry. You just have to be prepared to compete. So um, that's kind of the message we're trying to drive and, you know, why people need to come to workshops or get counseling so they can compete. Mm -hmm. And um, we also have to continue to lobby so that we can ensure that everyone has equal access. Um, And it's very sensitive here in D.C. because we have a lot of gentrification going on. Mm -hmm. You know, rents are through the roof. Income gap is one of the highest in the country. So the topic of social equity here is a hot button that comes along with legalization so it's two things one it's a public safety issue because we have a thriving gray market and there has been instances of crime mm-hmm. and the second issue is that social equity and access mm-hmm. um into the market so with can i ventures we're trying to position ourselves or we are positioning ourselves so we can provide more access um so people can move out of that gray market
1: absolutely that that's great
0: yeah, and I think it's much needed too, and, and for and for those who may be kind of on the fence, because I totally get where you're coming from with social equity and kind of those who are afraid to go into a regulated market, um, at the end of the day, we've seen in, in other more mature industries, such as Colorado, where we're located, uh, consumers almost prefer a regulated market in the end because there's testing on products. Uh, they know kind of the sources of their products, They you know what ingredients are in those. You don't necessarily have that too much with a gray market. Uh, there's not as much strict testing, or if any, uh, there's zero, pretty much zero regulations for the most part. Uh, so you don't know who's actually cultivating this stuff. So I do think it adds a layer of complexity, but at the same point, at the end of the people, the people who are trying to consume the products, they're almost demanding that that they come from a more structured industry, which would be from a structured business. Sounds like what uh, DC is trying to put in place. So. I think it's a good idea, but I I do understand like the angst. I think California is going through this right now. There's a lot of pushback with their uh, amendment 64 uh, out there. Um, So it's just, you know, it's happened everywhere. And now it looks like it's just kind of the same thing in DC, Uh, but how are they writing their social equity rules? Are they, or is the local government there in tune with social equity and, and kind of taking some framework from these other states that are pushing social equity into the regulations?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are various groups um, that both on the council side and on the executive side um, that they're going to for bits and pieces of information or suggestions and recommendations. So they are making an effort and asking those questions, but... Uh, I mean, unless you're on the ground and you're really seeing how these entrepreneurs are moving and shaking and the challenges that they're facing, you don't truly know, you know. And I think um, by looking at the draft of that bill, you can see areas where um, the D.C. government is a little out of touch, Mm -hmm. very out of touch. So, um, yeah, there's still work to be done. Well, we're
1: looking at the article that you guys were mentioned in in regards to this, and it says – that 60% ownership should be D.C. residents for the business and that 60% of employees need to be from D.C. So, I mean, that seems positive to me.
2: Yeah, it it is a positive thing, but, um, you know, one of the things that I mentioned in that article, too, was that what is D.C. doing to help build capacity of local businesses Mm -hmm. in the cannabis space? So we have a lot of great small business programs. You know, if you're in – construction, the creative economy, culinary. I mean, there are a lot of small business programs for you here in D.C. But if you are in Canada and you are local, we don't have resources or infrastructure in place to Mm -hmm. help people get to a place where they're operational. So getting into that 60% local how? Yeah. You know, right. we have to get people prepared, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah, where are they mm-hmm. going to get the funding to get to that point?
2: Exactly, exactly. Unless we just have, you know, all the rich people. Right. You
1: know, yeah, that that that's point. what we always think about just even in general. <laughs> it's like, how do these companies get funding for all of this? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, It almost drives home the point more of why you guys are needed because, cause, yeah, that's true. You know, if you guys don't get in there and work with those small businesses, then they're going to lose the You know, a seat at the table at the end of the day and they have to be able Uh to compete so so yeah i mean even in a word of advice and i'm sure you heard it from sheriff plenty but just go in there and talk to them you know start like figuring out you know if you don't have all the capital necessarily right now to go and and you build out like a full-fledged marketing proposal or uh to put a bunch of money into your branding just start somewhere you know it could be like a tagline or something something just simple but it all starts with the conversation
2: Exactly. Just do it. And, you know, a lot of people sometimes they miss out on opportunities because they don't follow up. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah. True.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's also talk about uh, this business bud, this networking series that you guys offer for entrepreneurs. <laughs> what is that?
2: Yeah. yeah. Business bud. So business bud is my little baby. Um, <laughs> it started off as weed work. Okay. So, we were calling it WeWork, and then I got a letter from WeWork, <laughs> and they were like, excuse us, please stop calling it WeWork. Oh, like, my we were gosh. like, okay. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs>
2: but at least they noticed. I mean, yeah, mean they
0: She, like, frame that, because that's kind of cool either way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, then um, that's when the name Business Buzz was born. And the purpose of Business Buzz is just to provide a place for people in the cannabis space or curious about the cannabis space to just network with each other, feel comfortable asking each other questions. And then we do have structured time where we might um, talk about different topics in the industry. And then we always have a question and answer session. So people are just rapid fire asking questions and, you know, we're, at, we're answering them or we answer them collectively as a group, but it's just the time for people to come together as business professionals um, and meet each other, Yeah, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I feel like D.C. is doing a pretty decent job of, you know, offering, you know, networking events and options for you know entrepreneurs and there's a there's a women's grow event I know out there in DC um, and a couple of cannabis yoga classes popping around that are on my radar so I'm glad to see you know that the network is growing out there
2: yes it's coming together people are trying to form legitimize and participate you know as professionals in the industry so yeah we do have other organizations that are active and then of course like Again, the Capitol is right here in our backyard. I live like 15 minutes away with no traffic. 15 (laughs) minutes away from the Capitol. So, you know, we can participate at any level. Yeah, it might
1: as well be that. Like definitely, you know, go to the Capitol and make your impact and your voice heard and see what can happen.
2: Exactly.
1: Cool. Uh, Well, let's go back to uh, local meditations just momentarily. Speaking of yoga, I think you guys also offer like a CBD yoga series as well at your shop?
2: Yes. So we are kicking off a summer yoga yoga series called Flow and Tonic. And it's an infusion of CBD and yoga. Um, So Tanya and our new yoga instructor, April, has done a great job putting together a series that focuses on balancing the chakras mm-hmm. so every week they focus on a different chakra so of course they're going to start with the root root chakra and work their way up from there and in the session um, April is going to start you off with a CBD infused tonic um, to kind of get your senses uh, balanced and then she'll move you into a very um, meditative yoga session. And then at the end, you'll have another CBD infused tonic to kind of bring you back. So um, it's just the infusion of CBD of yoga. That's why we call the store Local Meditations. Um, so it's
1: just it's gonna be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. I love that. I wish
0: I could go to that. I know that right? sounds so good. <laughs> sounds so good. Like right now, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: uh, that's all summer
1: long for local folks listening
2: yes for anyone local that's listening now um it's every thursday from six to nine and to sign up just go to localmeditations.com and click events um or just dm us we're always on instagram cool awesome
0: nice Mm -hmm. well i'm curious because uh we i've always wanted to kind of put somebody on the show that had an incubator and so you guys are the first one so what i want to do kind of is uh if you can kind of walk our listeners through, like what a what a business incubator is in general, and then kind of what different services you guys offer as a cannabis business incubator, and, and maybe kind of how that process works if somebody were just to, to show up at your doorstep and say, "Hey, I have an idea for a business." Yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, just in general, a business incubator is you know a program or a, a structured program of some sort where businesses can come in and. Start up and scale, and that business incubator will provide them resources, whether it's monetary or otherwise. um, They provide resources that will help the business grow. You know, so you'll stay within this incubator for a set amount of time. You'll scale up, you'll grow, and then they let you out into the world. Um, So with us, it's kind of we're kind of a a new concept in a way because number one, we're in cannabis. But two, we're doing it really through the retail component with local meditations. So if someone, um, you know, is starting up, they want to get into retail, they're making their own products. Um, You know, we help them with what they should be putting on their labeling. We obviously do quality assurance with them. Um, The first layer of quality assurance is making sure that their products get tested. So one barrier for a lot of Small businesses—they make these great products, but they can't get it tested. And for us, if you don't have your products tested, you can't place them in the store. Yeah. So we try to, um, you know, lower that barrier by connecting them directly with a testing facility. Um, they could submit their payment to us. They could submit their samples to us, and we'll send it off and facilitate the process of getting their stuff tested. Um, we help them with their marketing their Instagram, we also support those businesses on our Instagram, Um, and then when we go out and um, we're lobbying and things, we might take their products with us to show them what these local businesses are making, so that's additional exposure. Mm -hmm. So those are the type of resources that we offer to businesses that are just starting up and they want to to start to scale. And uh, of course, at the end, we place your products in the store and you're making extra money every month, and you just kind of grow from there with us. Um, You know, if you're more on the ancillary side, we have a series called Cannabis Clinic. Um, It's a small, kind of intimate uh, workshop, and it's really focused on, like, CEO training and focusing on how to scale your business. So, again, if you are a startup ancillary business, um, you're looking for services, we just tell you to come every two weeks to Cannabis Clinic and I give everyone um, you know a business assessment and I just kind of work with them one on one so they can always reach out to me ask questions and then we do our Instagram live sessions and people type in, in the comments and tell us all types of things and ask questions so for us you know we try to be interactive and be where the, where our clients are mm-hmm. and then for people that have
1: products they can grow with us through the retail that's awesome I love that. it's yeah, cool a long winded. That? No, that's
0: great. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And I think it gives a good idea of like, I mean, that's a huge value add to testing stuff. Cause so I know that's a huge barrier for, for new folks. And that's kind of like cool. Yeah. that You guys just take it on and kind of like, here's how it's done. And here's how you do that. And I think that's what's needed. Even, I mean, we, we're new entrepreneurs ourselves, Lucy and I. And uh, I mean, even me, I've been into entrepreneurism for probably like 15 years now. And I still have so much I have to learn and. I've scoured the internet and try to find stuff to help myself and like I said I still have to like dig for it so I totally understand the need for people to walk in and need somebody just to help give them a leg up and and a better understanding and for new entrepreneurs you have to realize that you can't be shy that sometimes doing something like this is exactly what you needed and just connecting with somebody to help you know take 10 weeks off of a, a lifespan of you trying to bang your head against the wall and figure something out and they can make a simple call or something for you so. The value's exactly. there. Exactly. The value's there.
1: Yeah. And I even like with the products that, mm-hmm. like, you guys, as, you know, the business owner in the storefront, you kind of know what sales and what doesn't and kind of how things should look in order to, you know, catch customers' eyes. And you guys are giving them a bird's eye view of that and really good, you know, uh, advice for how they can move forward with their products, you know, just because they think it looks good doesn't mean, you know, to the customers that it looks good. So. I think that's definitely a value as well. I know we have a lot of local people, you know, trying to make products and, you know, like clothing companies and things like that. And it's hard to get those products out in front of the right people to make sales. So I think that's huge.
2: Yeah. 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 And, you know, we love doing this type of work because sometimes it might take someone telling you this label doesn't make sense or this t-shirt is horrible, it made me sick. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, sometimes people need that feedback. and we've had people, you know, give us products and they taste horrible. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've had gummies someone gave me and it gave me gas. (laughs) So, you know, you, you can't, we're kind of like a filter. Before you really go to the big boys and try to get into big retail outlets, come to us first. We're a local store. We're a neighborhood store. And we can help you get around some of those hiccups that's awesome
0: yeah for sure because I'm telling you it helps so much <laughs> yeah. I mean just anything it's <laughs> nice and sometimes I mean it's I feel you like it's tough sometimes to hear the criticism but like guess sooner or later you're gonna have to make those changes to to appeal to the broader market and, and put your business out there so so don't be afraid
2: okay yes. <laughs> well, all love.
1: so maybe give some we like to end the show with some advice for entrepreneurs looking to enter the industry what advice would you give them
2: so, oh, for entrepreneurs looking to enter in into the cannabis industry, um, you have to do your research. Do your research about the market and do your research about the law. And you have to be committed to sitting down and reading documents and taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, because, with this industry, if, when you become an entrepreneur in this industry, I think two things happen. The first thing is you become an instant advocate of the plant and what it can do for overall health Um, because there's a lot of people that are still under the influence of negative stigmas around cannabis. So once you have a business here, you're an instant advocate. The second thing is you have to know a little bit about the science of the plant and the laws and regulations behind it, or else you're going to fail or you might run an illegal business and get yourself arrested. So research, research, research.
0: (laughs) I think that's such a good idea, too. I mean, we even have clients that still come to us for a marketing company, and it's almost astounding that they'll think they can do certain things or they think it's something's easy, such as, like, payment processing or something, and they have, like, an, an online store, and it's like, no, my goodness. Like, this is there's huge issues going on with some of these things and just taking the time just to look into it and just have like a general idea of what you're getting into helps a ton because i could tell you the cannabis industry is probably the fastest changing thing you'll ever see you think your front yard grass grows fast like wait wait until you step foot in the cannabis industry like that thing changes fast so (laughs) be prepared
2: I've been mowing a lot of grass
0: so (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
2: there's a lot of
0: grass. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's
2: a lot of grass.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, well, again, uh... Shira,
1: thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and teaching us more about can Ventures and kind of what's going on in dc and for all the local people listening definitely check out local meditations like i could hardly wait to come visit that and all the cool things you guys are doing with the yoga and supporting local businesses as well that's amazing um how can people find you
2: yes um to find us, if you are looking for business opportunities or how to start up in cannabis, follow at I Ventures. If you um, just if you're ever in DC and you want to check out CBD and all the great things it has to offer, come to Local Meditations, and we're on Instagram at Local Meditations.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and then. As a sure airs, feel free to uh, check out our website, www.litlucid.com, where we'll throw up a link to, to all of uh, Shara's stuff. And you can find their social profiles, find links to their uh, to their websites, and anything else you might need. It should all be stationed there. So go check it out right now and, and give them a shout-out on Instagram too. Let them know you listen to their podcast.
2: Yes, let us know. And thank you guys so much for having us on. Tanya and I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I love the name. I'm lit and I'm lucid. Hey. Hey, that's what's up. Love it. (laughs) I love that. Well, we'll end with I'm
1: lit.
0: I'm lucid. And that's it. Letters.
1: We have known Steve for over a year now and find his products to be one of the most reputable sources of CBD and other cannabis products on the market. With so many imitation oils being sold online, it's important to source products from companies you trust. Steve's Goods is that company.
0: Steve's Goods is an award-winning Colorado-based CBD company offering organic and locally sourced products at unbeatable prices. Visit www.stevesgoods.com for more info. This episode of the Lit & Podcast is produced in partnership with Youhoo Brand. Youhoo Brand is an industry-leading digital marketing and business development agency in Denver, Colorado.
1: Youhoo Brand specializes in social media management, website development, influencer marketing, and content creation, along with a host of supporting services to complement your marketing strategy.
0: Youhoo Brand, building businesses the right way.
1: If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at hello at youhoobrand.com or reach out to Jared and Lucy directly on the show.